coming up on this episode of The Hive Life. I feel like I am eating four years worth of words because not even did I say, not even did I not think about it, but people have asked me, would you ever do online classes? And I said, no, you know, we would never do that. That just doesn't make sense for us. It's not where our strengths are. It's not where we are as a brand. And so in having, have, like you said, being forced to build this and, and pull it together, it's made me think about online learning differently. Welcome to The Hive Life, where we pull back the curtain on Spiracle Media, a company based in Charlotte, North Carolina, with a team of former journalists that create beautiful, impactful stories that connect with your audience. Coming at you from inside the Spiracle Media podcast studio here in the beautiful city of Charlotte, I'm Jared Latch alongside Tim Bear. Thanks for listening. On this episode, we welcome Haley Bohan. Haley is the owner and founder of Skillpop, which has changed the game for in-person expert-led learning since 2015, and now has expanded that reach, not only geographically, but with an online platform called Skillpop Anywhere. So Haley, thanks so much for being here. It's great to see you. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So starting things off, we want to go right to the idea uh, for Skillpop. Set that up for us. I know that you went to NC State, mechanical mm-hmm. engineering, had a job at a, at a larger company and then a tech startup. So where did Skillpop come from? You know, it, it came from a lot of those, those early couple of years when I was starting out here in Charlotte. Like you said, I studied engineering, moved here for my first job out of college, worked there for a couple of years, worked for a tech startup actually across the street from where we're recording right now. I used to park in that parking lot. And I was trying to figure out what life is like as an adult. You know, I was going to work. I was trying to find community, make friends. I was figuring out what do you do after work besides go to the gym, watch Netflix, hang out with friends here and there. And I also had a camera on my shelf that was getting dusty. So I have always been a curious person. I was a big reader growing up. I was always learning something and I really craved that and missed that. And and so somewhere along the way, you know, the idea was planted. It should just be easier to try and learn new things. You shouldn't have to take a six-week course or sign up for a multi-level something to to learn how to use your camera a little bit better. So it was kind of those two needs that I had, looking for things to do in community, but also looking looking really for hands-on skills. I remember sitting down with you in the beginning. We went and got coffee, I think, at, uh, off of Lincoln Street there, and you were just getting uh, going, and you sort of had this big vision, uh, but you didn't necessarily know where it was going to go and which way it was going to tack. Looking back on that now and where you are today, um, how close were you to the vision from then uh, to what it is today? And and how have you felt about that growth along the trajectory? Yeah, I, Tim, I love that you call that out because that, <laughs> that was a really early meeting when we, when we, I mean, I don't think that coffee shop's even there anymore. Right. Where we it's met. a bar now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, when I think back, so Skillpop, we have been a company for about four and a half years and the first four and change was completely focused on in person. You know, that's what I thought our special sauce was. That's what the that was the thing I saw missing in the in the landscape of how adults learn. And so we stayed super hyper focused on that. And and it was really anything from, you know, from business skills to things like photography to hands on crafts and hobbies. We did a whole bunch of things, all led by experts, all hosted in interesting community spaces. And that was the vision. As far as how close did we stay to that, I think when I think back on those four years. I've always been, I think, a, or we've been kind of a day at a time type of company, you know, and so I saw this as the kind of thing that could 
work anywhere that could exist anywhere but we started here in Charlotte with just a handful of classes and then grew from there we added more topics we added more locations but really grew it a day at a time and then slowly started to expand in the southeast to cities like Atlanta Raleigh Nashville and Greenville but as far as where we are now you know with the last couple of months like Jared just said we've brought on a new online platform and let me tell you, that was never a part of any vision ever. <laughs> it was never something that I thought, man, we're going to start in person, we're going to move to online, or we're going to build this out. And that that has really been a big experiment in thinking through how can we still be the company that we are and do the things we've said we would do, but, but in a, a totally, totally new way. How much of a, a mental hurdle is that for you? We come up with these initial ideas and we look at different levers within the business and where we want to go. And now it's sort of counter it's on the opposite side of that initial vision. So how was that in that moment where you thought, all right, we have to really make an online push that wasn't ever part of it. Was that hard mentally to get over that? You know, it, it, it was. So when I think back over the last couple of months, I, I was telling a story before we started recording when all the coronavirus talk started kind of trickling through and becoming more and more prevalent in the news. I was in our co-working space one morning and and a guy I was talking to said, oh, I'm getting kind of worried about all of this. And, and I said, yeah. And he said, yeah, I kind of think like you are too, right? And it, so it, it really came up pretty quickly for us, the, the transition from, oh, man, we're hearing this to are we going to have to cancel a few classes or have a few people cancel on us? Switching over to, man, we are canceling everything on the schedule. That happened super fast. And so it was about two weeks that we had of build-out time to do Skill Pop Anywhere. I mean, it was two weeks from all right, I think we need to move some content online to a launch with a, a brand, a platform, our first few classes. And so on one side, I didn't have a lot of time to think through, is this us? Does it feel right? But I, I did have a few late nights where I would be working through the logistics, working through the business model and, and thinking, is this, is this still going to be skill pop? But I think that is what made us do it a little bit differently than what's been done with online before, is to have to think through, you know, how do we not just kind of take something, copy and paste it into a Zoom call, but make it feel feel like the business we've been creating over the last four years. And it's the classic entrepreneur's dilemma. You know, you can uh, move quickly and get things done, but at the same time, when you're thinking about things, you don't necessarily jump on them until you're forced to jump on them. And so in this way, you were forced, your hand was really forced to totally. do something that you probably wouldn't have chased for years. And now, you know, you're only three or four months into it. Do you look back at it as, you know, a positive as far as now the direction for the company going forward? Yes, hopefully you're going to get back mm -hmm. to that in-person touch and that high touch feel that you guys are so known for. Um, but now you have this online piece that you never would have had. Oh, for, I mean, for sure, a positive. I've told a few people I feel like I am eating four years worth of words because not even did I say, not even did I not think about it, but people have asked me, would you ever do online classes? And I said, no, you know, we would never do that. That just doesn't make sense for us. It's not where our strengths are. It's not where we are as a brand. And so in having, have, like you said, being forced to build this and, and pull it together, um, it, it's made me think about online learning differently. And it's made me think about the business differently. The thing that has been the most exciting, I'd say over the last three months is seeing us reach an audience who wasn't and couldn't come to skill pop classes before you know we've heard from folks who live just outside the city limits of cities that we're in and said oh man I've always wanted to take that class but couldn't beat traffic in after my nine-to-five job or we've had a lot of new moms and dads who say I 
have loved the idea of your classes but have small kids with bedtimes and so it just didn't work for me so I think that's been kind of an eye-opening thing to see you know this has been a for now solution and a fix but but definitely I think is changing the trajectory of our business I think you look at that characteristic of entrepreneurship in general you see a, a fire happening or a challenge and you run straight at it where a lot of people would just quit and say you know what this is counter to what we thought before and we'll just figure something else out which usually doesn't end well so with skill pop anywhere take us inside that uh, for one moment and just speak to i guess some of the challenges and the opportunities how it's structured how people get involved Sure. So, you know, I'm describing SkillPop anywhere. We, they are live expert-led classes. And so I think the initial challenge when we started developing it is that there is a lot of content out there online. In fact, it's usually the first place people go to look. If you want to learn how to use your camera, you'll often go to YouTube to an online platform to, to take a class at your convenience at your time. It's really a wonderful thing. At the same time, that is a lot of the inspiration for our in-person model. And it's because what I was missing was being able to ask the teacher questions. I was missing interacting with the group and I was missing the personalization that you get in a classroom. So that's what we've tried to replicate. You know, in a Skill Pop Anywhere class, you are taking it live, you're taking it with a small group. And so you get access to that teacher. It's not just watching a video of here are the main buttons to know on your camera, here's what aperture and ISO are. You know, you're finding it on your camera in real time, the instructor's talking you through that. If it's a hand lettering class, you're watching a live demo and you're saying, well, here's how mine's turning out. I'm having trouble with this part. And so I think that's the special thing that we're doing is just having, still having community, even though it's virtual from homes and, um, and still making learning a really personalized experience. This might get in the weeds, but on the back end, how did you guys pull that all together in two weeks? Like, is it, is it bolting together, you know, Zoom and these kind of things? Or how did you go about pulling that off? I mean, I, I'm a big proponent. Maybe this is the, um, the former engineer in me. I'm a big prof- proponent of prototyping and of something called the MVP, the minimum viable product. And that is absolutely what we launched. I mean, when I sent this email to our subscriber base and said, welcome to Skill Pop Anywhere, I was very honest and said, this is not the polished, perfect launch. This is the scrap together stay alive as a business during a pandemic launch. So, you know, we used all our existing software website everything that I would say was built for in-person. 90% works for online and we've made a few tweaks. And then for the video platform itself, for most classes, we're using a one-to-many video platform where you can see the teacher and the host. They can't see you, but you're engaging on chat. Uh, You're submitting questions, things like that. So when you sign up for our class, we send you the link to log in, all of that. And then we do use Zoom for a couple of classes where you really need to see everyone there. My best example is a ukulele class that we do which is just cute and fun to have 30 people playing the ukulele over a video call. <laughs> it really is kind of kind of unique. Uh, but things like that, we, we do use Zoom for. It's great to hear because, you know, we're doing the same thing on offering our live stream services. You know, when we go in there, we have to assess what is best for this format and put those together. It's nice to hear that, hey, Zoom might work best for this. But for these other five things, we've got we've to change it up just a little bit. And we have to get creative in how we present it, which is important. So now with SkillPop Anywhere, you have this, this online availability. And hopefully, at some point, there's more normalcy, which I don't know what normal is going to mean for the next couple of years. But you've got that. And you've also, we're expanding into to different geographies across the country. I was interested in, in how you gauged. And I know you did essentially a, a tour bus and, and did a little tour to visit these cities, which was probably a lot of fun. What goes into that decision-making process on whether company A or B is a good fit for SkillPop? 
Sure. So yeah, we, we were really in the weeds of trying to expand our footprint across the Southeast. And, and we tried to do it, I guess, as scientifically as possible, you know, just with the approach of pull some data, make a decision and study how that went. So we have done, our in-person classes have done really well here in Charlotte. And there are a few, a few things that I think lend itself to that. One is that Charlotte's a city of transplants. You know, it's a, it's a larger city for the Southeast. A lot of people moving here and, and have those needs that I had as a young professional looking for things to do and ways to meet people. And so we play really well into that. So we would look at demographic data and look for cities that kind of mirror the things that have done well for us here. But then it is a lot of experimenting, you know, launching somewhere, seeing how it goes and learning from it. What is the decision point of a new teacher, a new subject? What is that process like? I know that we've had the opportunity to teach some classes with Dave Kernodal, obviously our chief creative officer, and we love teaching those classes. And they've been so much fun. Um, we had the opportunity to go do it in Raleigh for you guys yeah, as well, which I was cool. We were part um, of the, We were part of the tour. You forgot about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> we did our own tour. Uh, what goes into that decision of a subject, a teacher? What? How does that all come about? Oh, yeah. So we play both online and in person. We play in three main buckets. We do a lot of DIY crafts and hobbies, a lot of business development classes. I think that's mostly where I would put yours, but it kind of it kind of bridged over both of those there. And then we do a good number of classes that I would call, you know, personal growth, personal development, things that are your budgeting, car maintenance basics. Um, how to buy a house, fun classes like those. So the first criteria is, you know, whether we are reaching out to someone or someone's applying to us, it's, does it fall into one of those main buckets? The next thing is we're looking for things that a lot of people are interested in learning. I know that sounds really simple, but, you know, especially now with making this big pivot and trying to very quickly learn how to do online classes and having a pretty streamlined team, we're, you know, we're trying to think for every class that we put out, is there going to be a good audience? that class. So I would say those are the two things that it really comes down to. But I think the special thing about Skillpop is that we have experts who look all different ways. You know, we have stay-at-home moms who are self-taught artists. We have VPs of marketing. So there's not not really a hard and fast set of rules. Has the expert come to you or the instructor before and, and that's allowed you to then craft a course around them? Uh, the, 100%. The reversal? Yeah, we've had classes I never would have dreamed up if someone didn't come and say, hey, I'm a really good uh, hip-hop dancer, and I'd love, or I, I raise backyard chickens, and I'd love to teach a class on that. So <laughs> I did cool see that one, yeah. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, all right, I want to ask about Techstars. This is something I've always just personally wanted to ask you about. What was that process like for you? I mean, to pick up and move to Austin and sort of be thrown into this incubation, like what was that whole process, and what do you still get out of it? today mm -hmm. as, as a business owner. All right, I love that you asked that because I don't get to talk about Techstars as much anymore <laughs> as I did right when we were off. So for anyone who's not familiar, Techstars is a startup accelerator. They have locations all over the world, similar to Y Combinator, if you've heard of that one, a lot of big companies have gone through it. And just to kind of paint the scene, I guess, you know, we launched, I launched Skillpop in 2015 and we got into Techstars the fall of 20. 17. So we were there the spring of 2018. Took me a minute to think think back and see how all that felt. And we went to Techstars Austin and we actually got in with two other women-led companies here out of Charlotte, Skipper and Nourisher, who were formerly the Waggle Company and Milkful. So it was, I would say, the kind of opportunity that was just, for me, the absolute perfect timing. You know, I, I launched Skillpop uh, fairly young. I was 25. I was had never managed or hired people before in my previous roles. And all of a sudden, was growing something and had a team and was managing people and trying to figure all of that and 
and frankly, you know, that fall of 2017, I, I kind of felt like I was drowning. You know, I, we had been working to scale very quickly. We had already opened up in three other cities. My team had gone from four to seven, which doesn't sound huge, but I know as small business owners, it's you a know, big, it's a big you difference. You know, those early stages. It, yeah, it, every person can really dramatically change the company, and the culture. And so, when TechStars, when we got connected and, and started talking about the program, you know, they are really big on mentorship. They are really big on resources for startups. Kind of the whole thing is that the the rate of failure for startups is high, so they want to help the good ones succeed, I guess is the, the simple way to put it. So it just felt like the kind of thing that could not have come at a better time. You know, I was really craving mentorship. I was craving help. And even though we have had a lot of success in Charlotte, it's been an amazing place to start a business. You know, it's not a city that's known for being a startup hub. And so I've since found some great mentors here. But, but you know, I think it's, it's a little harder to find than in some other cities across the U.S. So uh, we were there January through April or so. It was a 12-week program, and it was just like drinking out of a fire hose. You know, we were with a cohort of 10 companies doing workshops and, you know, whiteboarding things with different mentors, getting to meet more startup founders than I'd ever met probably in the years prior to that. And it was really, really, I mean, super encouraging and inspirational. But then just getting a lot of time to work to work on the business and, and to be a few steps away and, and kind of a few, a little bit higher level, you know, to be out of the day to day a little more. It's, it was not that different feeling to how the last three months have been. Honestly, I think anything that kind of shakes you up out of your normal routine and makes you question, why are you doing things the way you're doing them? And where are you going long term is a really kind of valuable time. And then, of course, it was also just fun to move across the country and live in Austin <laughs> for four months. At the time, my husband was working for Skillpop with me, and so we were able to put our house on Airbnb and move out together. And I think it'll just be one of those memories that we cherish for our whole lives. Yeah, you don't get those opportunities often, that's for no, sure. No, 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 no. Haley, you hinted a little bit at the, the anxiety sometimes you get that comes along with being a, a business owner. And, and we all know the environment we're stuck in right now. Four and a half years in, what has been the, the scariest moment for you as a business owner where you had to sit back and really think, mm. whoa, what, mm -hmm. uh, what does this mean or where do I go? That's a great question. I think the easy answer would be to say that it's, you know, been in these last three months that it was when we, I mean, the, the weekend that we were canceling an entire spring's worth of classes. Scary, Emailing right? thousands of students. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, was there fear? Like, did it, did it envelop you at all? I know, I know we had fearful moments as business owners during all this, like, is it going to come back? What are we going to do? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, of, of course, of course, of course there was, I think in a few different ways, you know, there was, and, and I think as a business owner, you kind of have different modes. Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> There's a lot of those. We could do a whole yeah, special on I the feel modes like we of the business to, like, owner. Get a drink and talk for hours. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause there, there were moments of fear, but then there's also moments where you have to kind of put that away and just move into go mode and say like, all right, well, yeah, this is scary, but I've got a team I want to keep employed. I want to stay employed. And I've got a business that I've worked really hard for. And so fear aside, we've got to figure out what to do with that. But of course, that was a, a, a really anxious, not even really anxious, but I would just say really serious season. Um, I This is actually a throwback to Techstars. One of the first workshops we did there was a guy named Cody Sims who, who works for them corporately. And he was talking about assumptions and prioritization and things like that. And the analogy he gave was that running a startup is like you're in a building and the building's on fire. 
And so you're trying to figure out how do you get out of the building? How do you keep everyone safe? And then a guy comes at you with a knife. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think maybe there's a layer before the building's on fire of you like have a terminal disease or something like that. But the whole point was like, you have several problems, but solve the guy with the knife first. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's just that go mode thing of saying, okay, yes, there's fear, but what are we going to do with it? Where are we going to go from here? What's the plan? No, I mean, I I was guessing that it was these last couple months, but you never know because you have a foundation now and you just know that you're going to be fearful, but then you have to go. Like you said, that's the next thing you have to go after because there is no other option at that point. So you talk about what's next. I mean, what is next for skill pop? What, I mean, you just did a big next chapter uh, as far as going online, but what do you think is, is next for you guys? Yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> Maybe we can brainstorm a little bit right now. Sure. Um, no, well, I, I said a little while ago that we, for even four years, have been a day-to-time ki- kind of business, and I would say we're that right now more than ever. You know, where we are right now is really just embracing Skill Pop Anywhere, embracing this new phase, trying to figure out for the first time how do we do online learning well and adding new topics and new teachers and trying to grow our audience there because I do think we have a really exciting opportunity with that. And then in tandem, we are just kind of, I would say, waiting and monitoring for when the right time is to come back in person. Right now, you know, the moment that we're recording, we couldn't really legally do it without jumping through loopholes and thinking, okay, it's small sizes, it's outside and, and that kind of thing. So we're pretty confident that it's not the right time yet, but it's pretty, it's hard to predict what a month and three months and six months down the road will look like. So, I mean, we are planning the best we can, but taking it a day at a time. Before we let you go, we have uh, a series of questions. So some rapid fire personalized questions. Some are random, <laughs> but we do this with, with all of our guests. So oh, I love it. The first one's easy and then it, it gets a little more interesting. Okay. The first one is what keeps you motivated? Ooh, um, I have always been a I love to create new things. You know, I love to solve problems. I love to create new things. And so I stay motivated when I feel like we're building something that's interesting and that's valuable and that's worth putting into the world. Next one is, what would your advice be for young people out there that are trying to figure out what's next for them? You know, I think, first of all, let me just say, I always feel like these rapid fire questions are not that rapid fire. <laughs> 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 like ask me my favorite flavor of ice cream. Oh my gosh. Well, those are coming. Remember, it gets, yeah, there's it more. gets, it gets <laughs> more interesting. There's, there's two to go. This is just two of four. <laughs> All right. Uh, piece of advice. You know, I am such a big believer in um, community and networks and how powerful it can be to learn from other people. And I think the, the times that I feel the most fueled and inspired and, um, and have I guess really good motivation to, to figure out the next thing or when I'm learning from the people around me. So it would be getting connected. All right. What music is on your playlist right now? All right. I am pretty much only listening to a couple playlists that Spotify put out when all of this started that are like the work from home playlist. They're just eight hours of whatever they think is good music. And I'm all about it. Nice. So you're a Spotify, mm-hmm. not an Apple musicer. That's right. right. Good to know. <laughs> All right, so then leave us with a fun fact that most people wouldn't know about you, either hobbies or, you know, things that you enjoy, something that people wouldn't know. Yeah, all right, so for something people wouldn't know, I'm a big reader, but I talk about that a decent amount online. Um, I, my husband teases me about this a lot. I have, I have not seen most movies that everyone has seen. So if you think, like, The Matrix, like, 
I saw Titanic last year for the first time. You know, like all those classic movies that everyone's seen. I've Did not you cry? seen most of them. You know, it, it is kind of a sad ending. I don't <laughs> know if you guys have seen it. <laughs> I don't know what happens. <laughs> all right, I won't spoil I've it heard for stories you. about it. I'm, yeah. I may look. I, may I think look the ship goes down. Yeah. Hey, hey, no spoilers. <laughs> Very cool, very cool. Well, we really appreciate it. This is awesome to be able to connect with you and, and just hear about your story. I think what for people out there that are listening to, to hear how you've been able to tack in what has been a really difficult time and still find success is really inspiring. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. The whole story is great, Haley. We want to remind our audience out there, you can find out more about Spherical Media by heading to spiraclebuzz.com. You can check out our resources tab for video tips, the blog section, as well as our podcast page, for additional episodes. For Haley Bohan and Tim Bear, I'm Jared Latch. Thanks for spending some time with us and so long for now. You've been listening to The Hive Life, brought to you by Spiracle Media. Always remember, you can visit spiraclebuzz.com or follow us at Spiracle Media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. We'll see you next time on The Hive Life. <laughs>